Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Hello, everyone. Welcome back in to Talk Soccer to Me on Radio DePaul Sports. Today, um, I am here with Jake Cantu. Whoa. I I never been here before. So Jake actually plays soccer. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to have him on the show today. Chris couldn't make it, so we're going to be talking soccer to you. Stay tuned. We got some top news going on right now. Um, we're going to start with that. First off, it's international break, but there's really never a dull moment. There's still so much like drama see, off the pitch. I, I didn't know there was an international break till I read it. Um, <laughs> I didn't know. See, that's the thing. I only play it. I don't like to watch it. Which is really weird, but it's gonna be nice. We're mixing it yeah, up. Yeah, we're the mixing show. we're we're mixing it up. Uh, but I like I said, I used to play it also on Xbox. So like I I, I you know I dab a little bit, but right. I did not know there was an international break. So tell me tell me what happens during the break. So he's he's a soccer player, and he was telling me how he plays FIFA, and he played FIFA 10, which is one of the best ones. I I game. played all of them up until like 2017. Oh, that's that's pretty good. So like yeah, seven yeah. years. Yeah, that's. That's decent. Well, international break. Today's game, actually, that's going on right now. It's halftime. Um, it's England and Montenegro, which the drama that I was talking about earlier uh, plays a role in this England game. I'll get to that in a second. But England is up 5-0 right now. Mm. Uh, very expected, actually. They're versing Montenegro. On this one football app that I have, uh, uh-huh. you always do, like, you vote who's going to win. And the prediction it basically had England winning at like I think it was like ninety something percent. So wow. most people I mean, were I mean, already. You got Harry Kane on the team, so that's that's all that matters. And Harry Kane, it is like what you just mentioned. He has a hat trick right now. Ooh. He scored in the eighteenth minute, twenty fourth minute, and thirty seventh minute right before halftime. So it's pretty interesting to I, see. I really know only to base England based off of the World Cup that they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, this what, last two, one, yeah, two years ago. What is it now? Is it? It's been two years. It was now? last year last, actually. Last but year, it'll yeah. Be, yeah. But uh, but still, I mean, they came as a surprise team. Mm-hmm. Uh, England did during that World Cup. They they've been actually yeah. Harry Kane right. up front has been a, a great uh, offensive power for them. And that's a great point you make. And Ox as well, Oxley Chamberlain with a nice uh, slash slashing it into the goal in the eleventh minute. So it it was pretty nice. And Marcus Rashford, which I know you had your opinions. Yeah, on. Yeah, I can't say it on air, <laughs> but. Old so. Rashford has uh hasn't helped me win a couple FIFA games so yeah we we disagree on Rashford because I think he's like brilliant <laughs> um and it's finally showing now especially with Man U what he's been doing lately yeah. for them I think he's been having his best he's game he's so been far. he's been like with Man Man United for a long time yeah and he's he's one of their young talents bright talents and I can't wait to see what else he's gonna be doing in his career because he has so much potential and hopefully it doesn't end here. Um, but England, yeah, halftime, 5-0. But let's go back to the drama. Someone was missing from the England squad today, and he's been dropped. Ooh, uh, yeah, Sterling. Oh, no. Yeah, Man City's Raheem Sterling and Gomez, which uh, this happened in the thrilling Man, Man City uh, clash with Liverpool at Anfield on Sunday, which we will talk about later. It was the highlight of my weekend. Um, basically, Sterling and Gomez, as you all know, to those of you that watched the game, they had a bit of tension on the field. Uh, some stuff was going on, and Sterling went pretty much like went up into Gomez's face and said, like, oh, you think you're a big boy now? So they took that tension off the field as well and got physical at the canteen in England's uh, St. George's Oak training Park Training Center. And basically, 
this is what I'm reading happened. Obviously, I wasn't there, so I can't confirm this, or deny. What sounds like it happened is funny. Exactly. So Sterling allegedly grabbed Gomez <laughs> in a headlock and said what I said earlier. You think you're a big man now. Knocked food off the table, and then Gomez was upset about the incident and had a scratch under his eye, supposedly. Did that sounds like a high school cafeteria scene. Doesn't it? <laughs> like a, a, a fight bully scene like that. Right. So with with all this happening, it's it's pretty sad. And things happen between colleagues and teammates. Um, unfortunately, you don't want to see it happen, but it's the natural like circle of life. It's just competitiveness, happen. too. And that's exactly what Sterling said in his, like, that's a good point you make, Jake, because he released, like, um, basically a statement out on social media saying, you guys know me, I care a lot about the game, and it's the competitiveness Mm -hmm. that got to me, it got the best of me, and uh, let's just all forget about it, basically. But he was dropped. Uh, One person that did not forget about it is Southgate, the um, the coach, the manager of England, and it's some people are saying that it was dramatic for him to drop him off the squad, but I do think that, you know, if you're setting an example of your squad and what, what type of a sportsman sportsman like conduct like you know what i'm saying you you Uh need to be a little strict with that kind of stuff because this is also like someone you know he's not any player raheem sterling is is known very well known Oh yeah he's very yeah so he was dropped and i think it was it was deserved uh and that's also a sign too of like no matter how big you are you can st- you exactly know, you can't get away with anything. Exactly, and he's and Raheem Sterling ta- is is very active uh, off the pitch too, with the way he he you know he's responsible mm-hmm. on the fact that he he calls people out on um on like racism and and the way people should act towards each other, and you know that that moment wasn't a way you should be acting, and I know it's in the heat of the game, so yeah. I understand that totally. But uh, Gareth Southgate initially wanted to banish him from the squad. That was totally dramatic. Uh, yeah. I'm glad that he... At the same time, I mean, he's just showing his team, like, you can't get away right. with this stuff. And right. that's, it's just, he's just trying to teach a lesson. Exactly. And one one game that during an international break, not a big deal. No, not no, a, not at all. So you're you're fine, uh, Raheem Sterling. You'll be good. Keep but what you're doing, man. Yeah, but someone else also got a one-match ban. I do feel bad for this one. This one's much less... Um, Yes, racism is a huge issue right now in soccer and in the world, especially lately. You know, FIFA's been having to stop certain games. They've been putting uh, teams on basically like private matches where fans can't watch them due to high racism. Wait, really? Yeah. I didn't know this at Yeah, all. this stuff's been happening a lot, especially in places like... During that last game, I think it was Italy and Bulgaria, it got really bad and they stopped the game a few times. And now uh, one of the teams has been put on probation where they have to play certain matches uh without a crowd basically i I mean i know the fans like outside like like in the international Mm -hmm. like sites are insane well even when they even when they come here you know when when mexico goes against argentina it's a bloodbath between those fans right and it gets it gets way worse when these uh certain european countries have when there's a black player on the opposing team yeah, they just go off that's the, that's not good yeah. at all and sterling's been one of those people who's been targeted by that a few times and so anyways on to this point bernardo silva got a one match ban for his benjamin mendy tweet back in like september and i feel bad because initially he put a picture a side by side of mendy and this cartoon of this you know of another black mm-hmm. character and just for people to know, for those of you that don't already know this, most people do know this, is that 
Bernardo Silva and Benjamin Mendy are like great f- friends. They're teammates. Yeah. It was lighthearted. You know how it is, how these yeah, private group they, chats they are with your friends. You guys like to roast each other. Yeah. It's normal. I, I know exactly. It's boys being boys. Right. Literally boys being boys. And they're they're mates. You know, these lads are just, you know, having it's mate fun. mates being mates. That's what it is. Yeah. Right. Mates being mates. <laughs> just some footy mates off the field doing that. And I guess I understand uh, where FIFA's coming from. But simultaneously, I don't. Because you there's certain... I get that they're saying like, oh, well, if we don't draw a line, then there there is too many like blurry spots and it's good for them. But in this case, I do think it was harsh because they are mates like just give him a yeah. warning. But instead, he's they ruled it a breach of the FA rule um, in E3. So he was also handed a 50,000 euro fine. And we'll have yeah. to complete a face-to-face education yeah, what is course. This? Uh, what is this face-to-face education course? They're going to basically be talking to him about... Like intervention? Yeah. It's going to be really interesting. <laughs> like what? I feel so bad. Their group chat's probably really lit right now in the Man City group chat. Like I honestly, like, they need to implement this, like, in, like, NBA or something like oh, that. Oh, imagine it'd be, that. It'd be funny. Uh, it's oh, yeah. so interesting because, like, I don't, I don't obviously, cat like, know a lot of this, like, stuff. And uh-huh. it's so interesting to see how different it is. Right. Like, I didn't know they have a face-to-face education. Like, usually people just get handed a, what, it's right. a $700,000 fine for whatever they said on Twitter. In and the NBA, they don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, They. I don't think they do those courses yet. But this is something that FIFA's really laid that, it down this that's season. That's good, though. I, I mean, I, it's it's definitely a, a different approach to it. Right. For, for a very... Uh, but yeah, for, for a lack a, of better words, corrupt, uh, yeah, <laughs> com- like uh, whatever, like like FIFA, it's it's nice to see them being strict with these kind of things because honestly, it's to the point where if you don't start doing these things, implementing these rules, it's just going to keep happening. But this is one case where I do think they it went too far with yeah, it. Yeah, I understand it at yeah. all. Maybe they they were uh, money hungry. Maybe they need some money. Yeah, which to, I mean, to Bernardo Silva, what's fifty k yeah, euros? Seriously. You know. That's literally pocket change room. Right. So and and you see that all the time with like in the NBA with tampering, mm-hmm. like, oh, you're gonna find him. That's cool. That's, That's like cool. lunch like, money for him. Yeah, seriously. So, um Yeah, these things happen. And obviously this is much worse than like tampering or whatever. But anyways, um and by this being much worse, I mean racism, not Bernardo Silva's uh tweet, even though it could be taken the wrong way, but he definitely did not have any male intentions. For sure. Um, moving on from all this drama, uh, let's bring it over here to the U.S. where we had Mr. Zlatan. Yes. Um, I love I love me some Ibra. <laughs> yes, Ibra. So Zlatan officially is parting ways with the L.A. Galaxy, and I'd just like to share this timeline with you guys um, of this. It's It's pretty interesting. So... Zlatan initially, when he announced himself, his basically his coming to the U.S., he wrote this letter. And if you guys, uh, if you guys remember, he wrote, "Dear L.A.," and it was like b- long space on the paper. And at mm-hmm. the bottom, he goes, "You're welcome," and then signed his name <laughs> because he announced that he was coming. So basically, he himself is the gift that he gifted to us, uh, to the L.A. Galaxy, and so. Here are a couple of things he said among his time here. Uh, in July 2019, he goes, here, I'm like a Ferrari among Fiats. I love that. Yeah. And then he goes in July 2019, uh, he says this about Carlos Vela. By far, because if he's in his prime, how old is he? 29. And he's playing in the MLS and he's in his prime. 
when I was 29, I was in Europe. Yeah. Big difference. I actually remember like that happening and seeing that. And I'm like, I, yeah. I mean, it's true. It yeah. really is true. That's that's because uh, people were kind of trying to compare both players and right. Oh, he's better, you know. But it's true. Ibrahimovic had at 29 was in yeah. definitely a better position for sure. And another quote in October 2019: uh, "If I don't stay, nobody will remember what MLS is." Typical Ibra. Uh, another quote in November, so this month. Uh, this was what concluded his journey and how he announced his uh, official parting of ways with the LA Galaxy. He said, quote, I came, I saw, I conquered. You wanted Zlatan, I gave you Zlatan. You are welcome. The story continues. Now go back to watch baseball. Uh, it's true. <laughs> I mean, that's a good way to end it. Uh, Zlatan has such a Cool personality. I mean, he, he is. For real. People, people could say, well, he's just being egotistical. Right. And whatnot. But it's such like to the fans. It's so it's so cool to see that. Uh, but what we were talking about stat wise, he had what, 50 goals in over a span of two years. Like, mm-hmm. like he, he really like he talks a lot of smack, but he backs up all the smack he talks. For sure. Which which is definitely cool to see. It really is. It's really cool. And it's such a Zlatan thing over the years. You know, he said the craziest things and how like. One time they're like, oh, what did you get your wife for your birthday? And he goes, Zlatan, I am the gift. Like, she couldn't have anything better than that. Jeez. So that's so Zlatan. And I really. Yeah, that, that is. Yeah. I can't see anyone else getting away with the things that he said more than more than him. Basically uh, just him. And like I said, like, I really feel like he's the only person that can really back up what he says. Too. Exactly. Like, I can't see anyone else saying it. Um, exactly. But but that also thinks too, like. It is, you know, we, we've seen this multiple times of MLS, you know, being a kind of a secondary uh, source for these other international players that mm-hmm. don't, you know, that are kind of, they're over the age of 30, whatever, and they go to the league, like MLS. Do you think there'll ever be a time where MLS becomes better than what it is now, if that makes sense? Do you want me to be honest? Go ahead, be honest. Yeah, I want Yeah, to. I don't think so. And I don't think so either. Soccer is something here. First off, I feel bad saying this every it time. It should be called I football here. That exactly. Another thing that I do, I regret saying this each time. I'm going to be honest with you. And I hope that in the future I look back and say, wow, I was wrong. It really did make it far. But I don't see soccer ever becoming the first sport here in the U.S. First off, people like high scoring games here. Mm -hmm. We're used to the NBA. We're used to like so people don't have the patience there is even certain people in my family, certain, you know, my cousins or whatever, they can't watch soccer because they don't hey, like waiting so long for one goal to happen. To be honest, hockey barely survives. The only right, thing that keeps up hockey right. is that it's such a fast-paced game. And hockey is literally soccer, but but way faster, you know, on Way, ice. way faster. It's, it's, it has the same types of things going on. They have hat tricks. They have offsides. Like, it's it's sort of like indoor soccer. Indoor soccer yeah, is no, also yeah, more fast It definitely fast is like paced. that, yeah. So soccer here, uh, I think the only way it's going to start getting bigger is if all these players from Europe start coming here, and then it just literally becomes and, like a European league. And that's a weird league. thing, though. Like, the Which number one, happen. the number one sport that kids play are, is soccer. Right. You know, everyone starts playing soccer. They have so many, you know, so many athletes. Yeah. There's not a, a formal like I don't know. Is, is there like a formal draft straight? You know, straight. The, yes and no. So the only thing about soccer here for young people. The access, so a lot of families that come from different places, so immigrant families, yeah. those are where basically all the 
talent from soccer is coming because yeah. that's a sport that has been carried and they're basically in their blood mm-hmm. from passed on that passion through their families. And those people do not have the same access to facilities and these academy these soccer, soccer academies, academies yeah. that are so expensive. So it's literally just the rich white kids, the privileged kids Seriously. that end up having the access to these academies. And that's where the system fails, and that's why soccer... Yeah, um, I mean, to play competitive soccer is so expensive. Very expensive. You know, I, I did it for a couple of years, and it's so... The expenses of, of, of paying for your equipment and stuff right, like and that. and traveling. And traveling's the second biggest expense mm-hmm. on not only money, but on time, too. Right. You're, right. you're putting so much effort into right. this. That's what kind of got me burnt out on it a little bit. Exactly. I was, it's, it's it didn't, wasn't fun anymore for It's me. stressful to families as well when you... Because, obviously, the economy's not... You know that at its finest yeah. for for people to be spending to have that luxury to spend on it, unless you're an upper class family mm-hmm. in the U.S. So these are things that a lot of people, um, actually in the U.S. soccer, like the higher up people, for example, Hope Solo, uh, former U.S. goalie, she is adamant, and I know she's had her uh, chaotic, uh, yeah. you know, story, yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's adamant about these things and making it more available to these mm-hmm. lower, more lower class and middle class families because, and, and that's I. Okay, sorry, go ahead. No, no problem. Because these anyways, you, you I can talk about this all yeah, day. Yeah, so yeah. let's just yeah. No, I was just gonna say, like, point. I feel like there's talent in the United States. And mm-hmm. you know, people complain about well, why isn't the US team so good like mm-hmm. World Cup time? I feel like there's talent here, but there no is. one just it doesn't develop. Right. And and that's right. because of, of the uh complications and implement implications of of uh people not being able to take the next step. Either right. either it's financially or time or they get consumed in football or other sports that are, exactly. are, that are prioritized. And then to those who have had that access and get uh, access to those facilities, then they end up, okay, they end up in the MLS, and then what? And then that's, Like, I'm sorry, but it's not the same and as it's not the same, yeah. ending up in the NFL or the NBA. You're not making much money. And honestly, the MLS, to me, is I, I don't even watch it, first I, off. This I've is only me being been completely honest. Because a handful of games. The players that are this this is okay. I don't even have to say my opinion on MLS. This is all I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. Literally, I'm gonna leave it, leave this topic here with this. Okay. Players like Zlatan or players like David Beckham, all all the greats of or even our our own in our own city, mm-hmm. Basish Feinstegger, who came to the fire. They come here during their retirement to end their career. Exactly. So that right there sums up the MLS for you. Exactly. And that's that's what. I don't. I feel like the, the MLS has the potential to mm-hmm. be something more, mm-hmm. but it won't ever be like that as long as. And it, it does keeps... because us here here in the U.S. we have way more. Basically, with sports, sports runs runs the U.S. Mm-hmm. We are such a sports oriented culture. Yeah, and especially in Chicago, and with all that money and the way we basically commercialized sports and all that soccer could be so big it really could way more than europe because europe yeah everyone lives eats breathes soccer but if we brought that that passion over to here soccer could literally dominate u.s soccer could dominate but they don't put that that um effort into it so these players like christian pulisic need to go over to, yeah, they to need europe to go, if they yeah. want and that's i was that was my next point like man like He's from the United States. He would have mm-hmm. loved if, if MLS was on the level of something like the right. NBA. Like he would have loved to play here. Right. But I, again, though, it's vice versa. You can't always. You, the United States can't always dominate the sports. True. Too. True. True. And, and, Even though we're if we're talking women's soccer, that's not the case because we're dominating. Yeah. Well, true. Yeah. <laughs> with the women's soccer, but 
uh, like on the men's side, like, you know, like we were lucky to have like, and I, I think about this too, like how lucky we are to have like the NBA being so big mm-hmm. compared to something like the mm-hmm. European League, mm-hmm. you know, on that side. And they're not, they're True. not as big as, you know. Of course. Um, But yeah, it's, it's just, that's always been in my mind of like, you know, like I wish there was like this big draft that yeah. college, a whole bunch of college yeah. kids prospects to get fed into the teams yeah and obviously it's not as big as something like that exactly of NFL. course there's there's still a, a, a draft mm-hmm. and these college players get drafted these d1 schools you know yeah but it's not really it's a not thing the, that people make and that's the thing too you compare something like what messi's and and, and uh and ronaldo's yeah. come up of like what messi got taken at what age 12 or 13 oh to, i even even younger well yeah that's when he really got into they, but like the to, an, to the academy or whatever right. and like that just doesn't happen here you know no it doesn't i mean with certain okay so sometimes it does with the chicago fire uh they've had certain issues within their academy but it is it is a good kids academy and people do start there but to be playing at the chicago fire academy when you're growing Mm -hmm. up it's it's costly as we said so as we're circling back to our first point we're gonna um we're gonna just talk about one other person who just retired but cross on over to europe before we take a quick break and talk about Prem and all that other fun stuff. But David Villa, 37-year-old Spanish, I'd like to call him one of the Spanish legends. Yeah, he retired. Uh, Yesterday, he announced his retirement. He's had an amazing career. He won the Champions League with Barcelona in 2011. He's netted 59 goals and 98 appearances for Spain. And he won back-to-back with that squad in 2010, the World Cup, and then 2012, the Euro Cup. Those glory days that I remember, so fun to watch. I just loved watching him play next to Fernando Torres, mm-hmm. and that w- that was always a good duo uh, to see. It, I mean, I w- I just know from experience from playing um, with FIFA, <laughs> but right. like David Villa has always been like a good. Um, every time I saw him, I'm like, oh dude, he, that dude's good. You Would know? you like to see him come here to the U.S.? <laughs> no, please no. <laughs> don't don't make MLS reputation as worse as it already is. You know, like I think there's not making it any I worse. Know. I think it's already down there at this point. I know. But we're going to take a quick break. uh, When we come back, we're going to talk best performers uh, so far that have been basically like playing it up before heading into international break. And then we're going to talk Prem and some La Liga. And then we will wrap it up. So we will be back in a bit. Thanks for tuning in.
Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. And we're back. So we took a short little break. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed the first segment where Jake and I got into a nice little conversation. He brought up a really good point uh, on the MLS and just how difficult it is for the youth here to really start developing like i said it's like we'll, we'll move on but like it was the biggest point is like it's a number one played sport as a kid and people just you know that's what people learn to play at and, and mention to them what you were telling me during our little break like with how how do you think like it could have been different for you i mean you... I, my my thought process too was like i could have my whole decision making is well i i just didn't it it goes more in the story of me playing soccer like mm-hmm. i i had a uh I slightly tore my Achilles, which kind of oh, no. set me back a little bit. Yeah. And I started to lose confidence and, and myself. And once you lose confidence, that's when it starts to uh, kind of go downhill a little bit. But I, I played up until high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, I started to get burned out. But I, I did have the thoughts of like, OK, well, if, if I continue playing, right. you know, what what are my opportunities to keep playing? You know, say if I do end up getting in a Division two, II, Division one school, mm-hmm. um, not knowing how good I would have been or whatever. Uh, but say I do that, then what's next after that? You go to school, you're going to school for soccer, you're getting, you have a great scholarship, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But you know what, what's from there, you get put into MLS and that's, and then what, Yeah. and then what, and even at that, it's still, what's the average salary? Not, it's Mm -hmm. uh, not as good as, you know, as, as people would think, Mm -hmm. like it's not an NBA level, it's not NHL level salary. So that's what's always been in my mind compared to like unless you're like you know a prodigy soccer player you know founded as a 12 year old and then put into academy since then you you know you never it's so it's so hard like for a a person who plays soccer to kind of think about that in in your future so you just kind of and it's not like i gave up just because of that i obviously had other uh talents i wanted to explore that i had but it's you know it's you just it's something to think about no, exactly. And even if you were le- to make it, as you said, like, let's say to the to the men's national team, you're not going to be making big, big no, money the way not. the other sports do. And at least it's going to be getting a little brighter for the U.S. men's national team because of a guy named Serginio Dest. To those of you that know the, the young uh, potential star committed to playing for the U.S., he actually had the option to choose between the Netherlands or the U.S. See, uh, that's, a, that's a thing, too. I know we got to move on, but I always thought, okay, well, what if I did... Obviously, I was born uh, a United States citizen, so I would have to play. Right. But I've, I would have thought, well, if I had a chance to play for Mexico, I would love to play. Would you? So if you were, I want to see your mental process so that maybe I could understand Serginio Dest's mental process a little well, bit well, more, that's, too. Well, that's the thing, would, too, yeah. Would you have chosen, if you had the choice between U.S. and Mexico, what would you have chosen? Well, I love me some Truki from Mexico, <laughs> so I would love to play next to him. But at the same time, too, how much playing time are you going to get compared to something like? And that exactly, is where his decision. Exactly decision. That's but where I pick Mexico in a heartbeat, though. I'd love to play next to Lozano and Chicharito right. and all those players. I right. love them. And this is where, where for me, when I found out, and this was this was something in the it was building up the talks about it with Sergio Des, like, oh, is he going to choose? Is he going to choose the Netherlands and play amongst the mm-hmm. you know a legend? Right now, like Van Dyke, like yeah. Virgil Van Dyke, and and then Matej de Ligt and Frankie De Jong, where he could like develop with them and become a potential superstar. Yeah. Or is he gonna stay and and basically have his benefit in choosing the U.S. national team? Is exactly what you just said, mm-hmm. Jake. 
more playing time. Yeah, exactly. It's more playing time, and you build yourself a brand. And he knows he's he knows exactly. the situation the United exactly. States team is. There's no one. I mean, uh, next to Pulisic, who had a great yeah. uh, run with them. Um, there's no one else. So you have a great. If you're a talented uh-huh. player, you know. So he wants to bring that he's gonna, glory. He's going to bring that glory back, yeah. and he, he'll be a fan favorite quickly. Right. So that's that's where that comes in. So be on the lookout for him, you guys. That because Sergio Des is supposed to be a very potentially, you know, interesting player for the U.S. team. So on, oh, moving away from U.S. soccer, which is something we don't usually talk about much on this show. So I'm glad that we uh, got there to go. discuss that We're today, Jake. Yeah. yeah, like. Pretty interesting. I'm just going to name you um, an interesting uh, couple of players that were performing really well before heading into this international break this week. And that's where a lot of people get frustrated sometimes, where we have to stop once again for international break <laughs> yeah. and and get out of the flow of things where things just started basically to, heating up. To get good, yeah. Right. So taking that break and going for your international team, It's. Uh, I'm just going to name a couple. Kylian Mbappe for PSG has been on fire, yeah, obviously. Yeah, we know, we know his speed there. Yeah, and, and there's talks of, you know, PSG having to choose between him or Na- basically choose who they're going to let go, Neymar or um, wow or, or Mbappe? Mbappe. And to me, in my opinion, it needs to be uh, it needs to be Neymar. Say, I was going to agree, too. I'm at the point, and this is where the pers- me personally just being honest, is I'm done with Neymar. He went from being this really talented young player who was just so thrilling and exciting on the pitch to just being this little dramatic uh, superstar who's become more, I don't know, just struck by struck by his fame and his, his social media branding and the way he just, I don't know what it is. He's changed. It, he definitely has changed. Uh, obviously, Neymar being 27 and Mbappe being 20, mm-hmm. that's obviously the smarter decision and the things that 20. Mbappe has done for PSG so far and all the glory he could bring to them. He he without him, France doesn't doesn't win the World right, Cup. Right. He, uh, he single handedly helped not him scoring goals, but helped spread that offense. And he was nineteen at the time. Exactly. This kid's younger than us. I know. It's insane. Like we're babies, but he's like a fetus. Yeah. He, so Yeah, so it's uh, crazy. And you're this right kid. though, Neymar has Kind of gotten. I don't know if it's been the the fandom having that star fandom, um, but yeah, it hasn't been and being like the world's most expensive yeah. player and at he that knows. point. And, and you know, when you get to that point, you kind of like, well, what's next? Like that's right. it. I already reached the top, and he could right. have had that moment at twenty seven. Technically, he's still in his prime, but he's yeah. not. You know. What he used to be, you know, people yeah. don't remember him in those moments. No, we don't. And this whole summer, the talks were, oh, where's Neymar going? Where's Neymar going? Mm-hmm. Is he leaving? Is he going to Barca? Do they really even want to take him back after all this? And I'm I'm just done with that drama. Just focus on the game. I yeah. want someone who can bring that, just execute on the pitch and not have so much drama and other things linked to him on the side. And, and that's where Mbappe comes in so much stronger. You know, and I think... And I know we're bringing up big names, but I think what mm-hmm. separates, like, you know, Messi, like, he knows he's good, but he always I, he always puts soccer before him. You know, he funds the Argentina right. team. Right. He does, you know, he does everything for that team and for himself on the field, yeah. which helps bring his ego and, and humbleness come out. Exactly. Exactly. And Mbappe's like that. He's, he's yeah. just this, like, Definitely. wonder kid. So I'm excited to see what all the things he could potentially do uh, in his career. It's going to be so exciting. Only 20 years old. He could potentially yeah. win, like— 
who knows like what he could win before as, he's as even as, 22. As long as he's on the France team, they'll always be competitive in, oh, the, yeah. in the World Cup. And France is is stacked. They have oh, so much. Oh, they're so stacked, yeah. Yeah, they have so much going for them. And just with Mbappe in that mix, oh, like it's just crazy. So another person who's been doing really well, and when I say really well, I mean extremely well, has been off the charts, Tammy Abraham for Chelsea, another young star who has so much potential. He's going to be doing big things if he stays on this grind. Yeah, I don't know who Abraham is. I'm not going to even lie. Um, but that's a cool name. That's, <laughs> that's all I, cool I can name. say. <laughs> yeah, so be, it's he's been doing some good stuff for Chelsea. He ended up breaking some records being one of the youngest player to like score a hat trick earlier in the se- in the in the season and then Roberto Firmino for Liverpool. Firmino is like mm. one of my favorite players. He was like he became the first Brazilian player to score 50 goals in the Premier League wow. back yeah, back in like I think it was September. So it was so awesome to see that. Firmino is that that forward that you just you can't get enough of and i'm so glad that he's on liverpool yeah uh definitely underrated team you know mm-hmm. liverpool is always it, it's always man man city or manchester united that's mm-hmm. what i feel like always take the the, the shine and, and speaking of man city sergio aguero oh, aguero i love me aguero <laughs> yeah so he's another player uh it's okay so if you if you had the choice to choose between firmino or aguero for your front line who would you choose well, I don't know so like I don't know too much about Firmino, uh-huh. but I'd probably pick Aguero. I mean, I have his jersey for uh, okay. Argentina. That's fair enough, fair enough. So I have to I have to go with my boy Kun Aguero. Mm-hmm. Um, Tino Werner also for RB Leipzig. Like he's just been doing great. Uh, Alvaro Morata for Atletico. He's been Ooh. doing good. Uh, Alvaro Morata is one of those players who's been uh, basically he's had he's always had potential. He's always He's been good, but he's mm-hmm. had a very like up and down type of career. Um, it's been interesting to see him. He's not. I don't think he's ever gonna be this like huge, you know, successful player. Mm-hmm. He's he's a bit past that, but he is a player that you do want on your team. That's still a cool name, though. Yeah, Alvaro Morata. Uh, that's that's oh, yeah. fun to say. Okay, the Spaniard. <laughs> yeah, uh, who has the most beautiful two little boys? They're twins. Um, they're his wife is Italian, so his children are half Italian, half Spanish. They're so adorable. There you go. <laughs> so cute. Good mix. Yeah, they're they're all adorable. Um Ciro Immobile for Lazio, speaking of Italy. So Ciro Immobile is just he's he's been a key player for Italy and in Serie A. He's always been um a very talented and like skillful mm-hmm. player. He has a lot to offer. So Ciro Immobile has been doing good for Lazio. Not the team that I want to be doing good. Uh, I'm on the other side of Roma, Uh-oh. an AS Roma fan. Uh, and then Memphis Depay for Lyon. So Memphis Depay is uh, also a great player for the Dutch. So he's he's been doing good as well. So let's see how they're going to continue their performance after this international break and what's going to be coming from them. Yeah, I don't know how much an effect it has, like, on that break and if mm-hmm. it like really is like I don't know from like previous like yeah. past performance how much it does like affect them but I mean all the all the players that you named on here are amazing players so they, they are they sh- you know it should be it should be fine right mm-hmm. for sure definitely so now we're gonna head on to Prem our favorite moment to talk about well at least my favorite moment to talk about Sunday's game was completely just so thrilling it did <laughs> not go the way I thought it would I mean 
I knew it was it was going to be an interesting game, but not as dramatic as it was, especially with Pep Guardiola's antics on the you know on the sidelines and what he did after the game, which I'll talk about after this. But um, Liverpool just dominated, mm-hmm. dominated City at Anfield at home in front of in front of the fans, all the Reds, you know, and and the the cop and everything. So it was so fun to see that game and the goals that were scored, that Fabinho beauty, that slash from about 25 yards out it was in the sixth minute. And it followed a very uh, controversial moment of the game that in Pep Guardiola's words, which I completely disagree, this guy goes, oh, that penalty was the decisive moment of the game. I'm sorry. Listen up, Pep. I respect you. You are a great coach, a phenomenal coach. But think about what you're saying before you say it because you had six minutes in the, into the game, really, mm-hmm. you had over 80 minutes to prove yourself prove as... Your, the, yeah, as, you had plenty of time. Right, to prove yourself as the championship team, as as he liked to call himself after the post... Uh, in the post-game interview that he had. I'm sorry. First off, the ball. This is this is where the penalty talk comes, comes into place. Um, basically, to be ruled a penalty, your hands need to be in a natural... Or to, for it not to be ruled a penalty, your hands need to be in a natural position if uh-huh. the ball touches them. And in that in that first penalty, because then later on in the game, there was another one that Pep feels should have been called, which wasn't, and mm-hmm. I agree that it wasn't called. Um, back to this one before the sixth minute. It deflected Bernardo Silva's arm first b- before reaching Trent Alexander's arm. And yes, Trent Alexander's arm was being used to basically put him in a bigger position in that moment. So it wasn't in a natural uh, place, but because of that deflection that the ball took from Bernardo beforehand, I think that completely rules it out and it was not a penalty. And I agree with the decision that the Mm. ref made a very great decision in the moment. It's all, those are such the hardest penalties like to call. Right. Like those, like I've, I've been in this situation before Mm -hmm. where it's like, I didn't touch it. I didn't touch mm-hmm. it. And and pe- they're trying to like get me to touch it, right? Or say that I did touch it. And it's so I did, I never knew it was just kind of like luck, honestly. Like if I was playing and in the box and hit my hand, and, yeah. And they call it. I'm like, oh come on. So and how would you react if you were since you play? Just put yourself in the position of seeing that first it deflected off of Bernardo Silva's mm-hmm. arm. So right there, yeah. it, it already touched his arm. Yeah. You know. So at that point, the play is dead. You shouldn't go back to it and call it a penalty. Like, move on, as they did. And that's when Fabinho went off the counter and just completely scored that beauty yeah. um, from about 25 yards out. So that was just gorgeous. And I, I get it. it. It could have changed the momentum of play, you know. Like, But uh, you had so much Exactly. Yeah, it wasn't so like a second time. half issue. This was in the beginning, the ripe beginning of the game. Like, yeah. did so much time to come back. If that happens, right. though, in the 86th minute, Exactly. 85th minute? Exactly. Then, then maybe that's like a, that's a huge training Right, and it's like a, a decisive yeah. thing. But no. this Yeah, time. And it wasn't just any team. Like, okay, let's say if it was like Norwich right now. And no no offense to Norwich. You know, I, I love the players on there. But this was like Norwich or even like uh, Burnmouth or whatever against Liverpool. And that happened. I could see their confidence being broken. But this is Man City. You know, these yeah. players are cl- high-class players on the team. They can live with, with that call. Then 13 minutes into the game, Salah scores a beautiful header off a bounce pass. Amazing. Mm. Um, that was beautiful. And then Mane again for the third goal to put Liverpool up uh, two goals ahead of Man City was Mane's beauty. And Mane's just been a key player for Liverpool this this season. Completely amazing. 
Bernardo Silva came through in the 78th minute, scored a nice goal for Man City, but it just wasn't enough to put them up top. And something interesting that that happened in the se- in the second quarter was Trent Alexander-Arnold again with his arm, and it that definitely was not a penalty. That can be, uh, I've just I think that can be agreed on on both sides, on Man City side and Liverpool side. If you're looking at this game um, respectively and not. Uh, subjectively so basically he in in that moment his arms were in a natural position so it shouldn't have been called shouldn't have been called yeah yeah so uh beyond that I just want to sh- so Pep Guardiola after the game he went on uh he, he went on okay so in the moment when that second one happened let, let's talk about that when they didn't call that penalty Guardiola goes just outrages Uh on the pitch goes crazy he's like putting his two fingers up saying two that's the second one that's the second one thank you like and then he starts saying things that i cannot repeat on air uh you could see it you know from his just his lips moving on screen um but we're good lip readers so we we knew right oh you oh (laughs) anyone people that don't speak english can know what he was saying right there to the fans uh he was infuriated so once the game ended, the final whistle was blown. This guy starts stomping across the field, Dang. heads over to the refs, and goes, basically goes, grabs their hands aggressively, uh-huh. starts shaking each one. <laughs> Three refs standing there goes, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank Jeez. you so much. Stomps off. And the refs are just standing there like, um, they don't get paid enough for that. Right. Like they're like, um, (laughs) and I think the refs did a phenomenal job because those were some tough calls to make, but I think they made the right calls and VAR was there too. So Mm. I'm sorry if anyone disagrees with what I'm saying, go watch the replay and also read up the rules, uh, about penalties being called. So anyways, so I'm going to play what he said during the post-match interview. They asked him, uh, what his demeanor and what he meant was what his intentions were when he went up to the refs and pep always has a way of being completely like a certain way aggressive Uh about something and then in the post-game interview he's just all calm and collected and paints it out to be something that he (laughs) completely opposite to make himself look like a good guy and i'm just like just be honest with your feelings because someone else who's very honest with their feelings and just says things straight up is jurgen klopp the king of the cup Mm -hmm. manager of liverpool uh who is very honest about that what did you think of your team today, your performance? Absolutely brilliant. So so proud with the courage, brave. <laughs> we played today in one of the maybe the strongest, the most difficult stadium in the world. And the way we played with this incredible personality and and our performance. Okay, the result is not good. No Congratulations from Liverpool, but uh, that is what I want for my team. With such a good performance, how did the game get away from you? No, we play so good. So better than this is impossible. Of course, there are mistakes <laughs> in, in both sides and can happen, but so good. And to be fair, you they did play really good. You could have done any more really for the goals that yeah. scored? Yeah, always. The first one in Gundo, maybe can put the ball more, you know, that, the contra-attack, the quality of they have, the pace they have when they can run. So we know that. So we play against the champion Europe, so we cannot we cannot expect no concede chances or, or quality they have. But... Uh, the way we play, the chances we create, and the personalities is what I want. Were you very disappointed with the handball not given to your side in the lead up to Liverpool's first goal? As to Mike Riley and uh, his people. You thought it was a penalty, though? 
as to my Riley and his people. So as to the referees, don't ask to me. You talk about football, the game, I will answer. As to Mike Riley and the people. Just finally for me, what does this result mean for you, for Manchester City? So He's just so calm. It really is so calm. Yeah, and I, I can't find the post-game interview that they showed on, um, on NBC Sports that mm-hmm. I was watching after the game. So this one was from BN Sports, uh, my former uh, employer. Uh, it was it was nice to see on NBC Sports what they because they asked the right question. They said we saw that you you seemed was it sarcastic your response your your thank you so much to the goalies and he said no just me being polite that was his response. Wow. So that was not the case. Also Rebecca Lowe and the other hosts on NBC Sports agreed and mentioned that and called Pep Guardiola out on that. So that was interesting. Yeah, Couldn't he, find yeah, it. Yeah, he's just but. a. I don't know. It it just makes up for it, and I just love. Like the his voice is just so calming. I don't know. It was. Um. Anyways, it was a very interesting game. It did not disappoint. It was very dramatic, but it it put my favorite team up at at the top of the Premier League table with thirty four points, uh, many points clear of Man City at twenty four points. Man City is placed at fourth in the table, which is very yeah, interesting. They're to nine see. behind uh, Liverpool now. So. Uh huh. So Leicester City in second place. And Leicester City, I just want to give a quick shout-out to. They have been doing great this season, and it's nice to see them in second place. I think they're going to stay within second place. If not any further, it would be at third. Yeah, and they um, got Chelsea trailing behind them. Mm-hmm. So Chelsea at yeah. third. And Sheffield United, big, big, big props to Sheffield United being one of the like what? teams that was promoted this season from the second division yeah. and brought up. So seeing them so high up above like Arsenal, Man U, I your know, team, I'm, Jake. I am seeing Man U all the way at seventh place right now. Not yeah. doing, it's just, it's because Rashford, that's why. Oh, stop. <laughs> don't, don't pull this on my boy Rashford. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, Rashford, my boy Jay Lings, all those people on the team. Nah, like the, um, Wolves are after them. Burnmouth in ninth, Burnley in 10th, 11 is Brighton. Crystal Palace at twelve. And Tottenham, the Spurs, it, it it really makes me sad to see them down in 14th place because, I mean, I love I love the Spurs and I love to see people the likes of um, the likes of Dele Alli and Harry Kane and Son like all those people to be successful. I I respect them as players and I don't want to see them so low in the table. But speaking of low in the table, Norwich City is in last yeah, Norwich was one of the teams that was and, promoted and, this and season yeah that's that's the thing too if they if you're in last and you get demoted right and then you get the yeah. first place team and mm-hmm. the lower gets promoted exactly so Norwich right now it's not looking good for them it looks like if they stay at that point they're not going to be staying in the Premier League uh, and they that's, will be going back to where they were last season that's tough being because you kind of get in that cycle of right. getting promoted up down you know you're you're good for this league right. but that that's just a tough right. cycle to be in it's sad and they have a player that i'm i'm very interested in named uh todd cantwell i think he's very uh talented and has potential mm. and if he was on a different team i could see him really uh finding success in in his in his sport but unfortunately it's it's not always about just one player and and it, it matters where you're at and, and what's going on yeah there. We'll just have to see where Norwich places and all the other teams in the bottom, like Southampton and Watford. Um, so we're just going to have to see what happens. But Premier League never disappoints, always changing. Everything's always up and down, and teams that you'd never think of get promoted and some get relegated. Just 
just how I, the way it I goes. really do like the way they do it, but again, if you get put in that cycle of just getting promoted, demoted, right. then it kind of sucks. Right. It's <laughs> yeah. not consistent. You want consistency. You want consistency. And and we've seen that from these top teams, obviously. Mm-hmm. You, you know the regulars, Liverpool, mm-hmm. uh, Man City. And La know. Liga is one of those leagues that's more consistent. Uh, we can move on to La Liga now, but uh, they... And it's usually, you know, the t- same top teams, you yeah, know, Barcelona, Barcelona, Real Madrid, right? Real, Atletico, Sevilla. So it's right now the standings in, in La Liga are Barcelona up top, Real Madrid in second, Atletico in third, Sevilla at fourth and fifth is Real Sociedad and Atletico Bilbao uh, beneath them at sixth. I'm not going to keep going with yeah, all the yeah, other yeah, ones. You're, yeah, you're good. Um <laughs> Yeah, y'all can y'all can go check that out uh, on your time. Uh, but La Liga, some interesting news with that. El Clásico was postponed, as you all know, back in October due to all the issues rising in Catalonia, um, just with the separatist groups and all that kind of stuff. So because of that, the postponing, it got postponed to December, the game. And Ramos, Sergio Ramos, is complaining about only having a 29-hour break in between games before El Clásico, their clash with Barcelona. And Barcelona gets more of a break, but this is something that both teams agreed to when they uh, began the postponement. But Ramos and the players are not excited about it. They said um, they don't think it's fair having less of a break in between matches, but these things happen. It's happened numerous times before in soccer, and he's just basically trying to point to the higher ups since it is out of the players um you know power uh he's pointing to the higher ups to try to get this uh match postponed a little bit more so they can get more of a break but i don't see that happening yeah i don't yeah they're not gonna no yeah no just just play at this point soccer already has so much going on these players are stretched out that's the last thing they're gonna worry they're not gonna change the time on that yeah and when you talk about this, this is a big issue in soccer, and I, I disagree with it. And you talk about baseball here and how they play like 159 games mm-hmm. in a season. Like soccer is year-round. You're not just playing for one playoff at the end of the, the season. You're, yeah, playing you're playing simultaneously like so many different tournaments. You're in the Champions League. You're in Europa League. You're in the Premier League, La Liga. Like, you're, you know, your domestic you your leagues. internationals, yeah. Right, the international stuff. So that's all happening at the same time. So It's, it's a lot. It's, it's, it is. It is, but, yeah. And you're right. And the, the whole biggest thing, too, like, for the NBA is, like, players getting rested when they shouldn't. And right. the, their fans get upset because. And that's been happening it, right now with load management yeah, and so Kawhi. It's, it's all the load management right. stuff. And it, it applies to everyone, too. But. It doesn't. In soccer, though, it really doesn't. These players don't get to rest. Yeah. And your top players, especially, they're playing the full 90 minutes. Unless you're uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, who lately, this has been the talk, he's getting older. So he's been getting subbed out before the 90th minute, you know, towards the end of the game. He's not, he hasn't been playing full mm. games and living up to his usual Ronaldo potential, but uh, it's interesting. Load management doesn't play a high uh, role in soccer, but in the NBA, it's been a huge deal oh, lately, yeah. especially with Kawhi and all that. But Dani Ceballos uh, in La Liga, he doesn't want to return to Real Madrid. He's saying, according to certain Spanish reports, which I don't always trust, uh, but according to that, he doesn't want to return if Zidane stays. He doesn't have the greatest relationship with him, apparently. So he would like to stay at Arsenal. But um, Arsenal was trying to get him to stay. But basically, uh, their 30 million euro offer was rejected because Florentino Perez wanted 35 million euros, at least, to sanction his sale. So uh, we're just going to have to see see what happens with Dani Ceballos and where he's going to end up uh, going. But 
As of right now, we are running out of time. We do need to head out. I just want to take a quick moment to really thank you, Jake, for coming on to the show. Well, thank so you, last thank you minute. for having me. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's I don't like talk about soccer a lot, but it's and fun that's to why kind I of like yeah, and it's fun to like keep up with this stuff just because it is interesting. Like I I learned you taught me a lot just from listening. I'm hearing a lot of it. So. I enjoyed speaking with you, and it's nice to have like someone who's played and just hear about the things that you know, and the fact that we branched out. We spoke about US oh, yeah. and development, so it's really cool. And we'll probably have to have you on again soon. Definitely, anytime, anytime. Yes. Yeah, so thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, be sure to tune in again next week. It'll probably be our last episode before we take our own international break. Not really an international <laughs> break, but uh, you see what I'm trying though. to do there. Great yeah. time with the show. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, but basically we're going to be taking our own break due to finals. So last next week will be our last week. And then we will be back uh, in the winter quarter. So thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to be following DePaul Sports if you already aren't. And thank you for listening to Talk Soccer to Me on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Hold your head up high And don't be afraid of the dark At the end of a stone There's a golden sky And the sweet silver